Hi, girl. Hey. I don't even know where to begin. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Prophet's Prey. I mean, oh my God. Prey with an E. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, this is a really hard documentary to find, but I will tell you that you can do a 10-day free trial. Which it's a Showtime documentary. Mm-hmm. You can do a 10-day free trial and just like watch it and then cancel your, your thing. Yeah. Unless you work for Showtime. And then I never said that. Yeah, what? <laughs> so here's my little... I have many things to say. Oh, girl. I can't... I don't, I don't even uh, know. Is this table nailed down? <laughs> because I don't want to... How is your flipometer? We're in the red. We're like the <laughs> needle is jumping all over the place. Here, I have something that I want to say before we start Yeah, this. do it. Do it. I don't care. It's not the polygamy thing. I'm not. I mean, okay. Well, here's the thing. If you are an adult human consenting, you get some truth serum and you're like, my heart and soul want this. (laughs) I am of age. I am an adult. I'm a human. I can say in words that this is what I want. I don't care what you do. Wait, of course. I don't care. Yeah. It's just the centuries of subjugation of women. Yes. And when you use women and children as currency, you only- literally say that. They literally do. And if you want to marry kids- Kids only like under 15. Right. Fuck you. Yeah. And I'm going to say whatever I want about you. Exactly. That's the thing. He's abusing these kids, and then he would go right back on top of that stage and preach the word of God. Warren told them to give him their paycheck, everything they make. The assets are worth $110 million, and it's all his. We need to stop Warren S. Jeffs from destroying families, kicking us out of our homes, and marrying our children. They physically surrounded the temple, praying for our destruction before we went in. We never really knew how sick he really was, how young the girls were. They started taking the kids off the ranch, thinking there were just a few, and they just kept coming. 100, 200, 300. If Warren told them to die at their posts, they would die at their posts. It's wise not to discount that possibility. He prays for my destruction. Well, if I was religious, I would pray for his destruction. You must be filled with the heavenly fire, or you will be damned, and you will lose your place. How much more straight do I have to talk? All right, so we they start at the very beginning of... They actually do. Mormonism. Yeah. And we open with this, like, behold, verily, verily, this on-screen text. And you know what? They have to do this, because we have to figure out how... It was pointed out to us by a listener that the FDLS is not the the Mormons. FLDS. Did you say FDLS? Yes. Yeah, because it's the, the Church of Latter-day Saints, which is LDS. Oh, right, yes. And then we have the FLDS, which are fundamentalists, just right. like fundamentalist Christians send their kids to Jesus camp. Yes. FLDS <laughs> send them to compounds to be married to old, creepy men. So again, not just like not all Christians, not all Mormons. Right. Like not even by a long shot. Totally. So not all Mormons, you guys. Right. So we get the history in the beginning and blah, blah, blah. 1830, Joseph Smith forms the the the, the Mormon faith right. or whatever. This. They don't even just you guys listen to the All American Prophet in the Book of Mormon cast recording that explains the whole thing about how he thought Adam and Eve were in upstate New York and the whole right. thing in Johnson County, Missouri, and blah blah blah. Ken. I'm gonna take you back to biblical times, 1823. An American man named Joe living on a farm in the Holy Land of Rochester, New York. You mean the Mormon prophet Joseph Smith? That's right. That young man spoke to God. He spoke to God? And God said, Joe, people really need to know that the Bible is in two parts. There's a part three to the Bible, Joe. And I, God, have anointed you to dig up this part three that is buried by a tree on the hill in your backyard. Wow, God says go to your backyard and start digging. That makes perfect sense. 
And so this whole thing wraps up with like the Mormons getting chased across the country and then Joseph Smith gets put into jail and he's promised protection and he gets shot and he dies. And so one of the major tenets of the Mormon faith that Joseph Smith, it was controversial, but that he was really into was the idea of polygamy. Right. And the Mormons, I will say, the actual regular Mormons don't like to talk about that. In 1890, LDS denounced polygamy. Yes. So since 1890. In, in, in their attempt to try to be more mainstream. Yeah. And also maybe because. It's terrible. When there are kids in. Yeah, that's true. Very I mean, true. it's all very, you know, there was no like age limit back then or, <laughs> you know, But the age. FLDS people were like, no, I want to keep having sex with little kids. Right. So we're going to splinter off. What's so crazy about that? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of Book of Mormon A lot of Book of Mormon. Also, everything's crazy about that. That's I know. That's not making light of it I at know. all. So by 1986, right? So we're going to jump 100 years. Yeah. 1986, the Jeffs family comes to power with Rulin Jeffs. Roland Jeffs. Hey, Rulin Jeffs. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't care about getting your name right. Right. Because you're a piece of shit. He took 50 wives. Five, zero. 50. 50, everybody. Five, I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. Zero. Yeah. 50. Do you get that? 50 wives. Marilyn Steed was his favorite. <laughs> And she gave birth to this demon spawn that is Warren Jeffs. And he's like, I want to be prophet now. And they're like, okay. And that's how we got to prophet's prey. But, but like, he did have to do one significant thing. Oh, he had to kill his own father. (laughs) (laughs) Minor details. When he saw that he could be the next one in line to take his father's position, I think that's when Warren went really off the edge. I really do. Yeah, he kills his father. Um, cause his guys, da- this isn't Shakespeare. This is real. His dad was just in the way of his prophet- <laughs> prophetizing, profiteering. Right. Get it? But before he killed his dad, he like his poor dad was going in and out of dementia. And he like married to – he had like – something like 60 or 70 young girls married to his father mm-hmm. so that when the father died, he could inherit his wives. Yeah. He was, yeah. And then, I, remind me why I don't like organized religion. <laughs> and in one of Roland's lucid moments, he pounded the desk and said, why are you marrying all these young girls to me? The reason Warren was doing it was to set up a harem for himself after his father died. And one of the wives became pregnant before Roland had a chance to die. Rulon could not have children, okay? So it was definitely Warren's child. So Rulon had to die. He had to. Uh, so yeah, he but he didn't like stab his dad. He just like because... Fed him the wrong food. That's literally right. what they said. Fed it, all you had to do was just feel the wrong... But then, <sighs> guess what he was able to do after his dad died? Just inherit the entire situation? Because he was still in touch with his dad on the other side. Warren never declared himself the prophet, but he said that he was in contact with father on the other side, and the father was still running the people from the other side through Warren. But then he eventually slowly stopped saying that, and he started saying, this is what the Lord wants. This is what the Lord has revealed to me. So we're sort of brought into this world via the amazing writer and sort of dilfy, handsome John Krakauer. I love him. 
I love him too. He's awesome. So tell us about his little adventure into the town. So he's going into the Colorado desert and this is 1999 now. Yeah, he's just like on a road trip somewhere. It's 100 degrees and he's noticing, he's looking around and he's seeing, he and of course- He stops for a Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to stay hydrated. We got, we got the, a truck crack hour. You're into the fitness. We get the, it. In the desert heat. He's got to say, he, need those, he needs those electrolytes. <laughs> totally. Blistering hot day. Uh, there was a gas station, mini mart, the side of the road. Nothing on this highway with town off in the distance. And I pulled in and it was really strange. The girl at the counter when I went to pay for my Gatorade, you know, was dressed like in this pioneer dress and completely covered. It's 103 degrees. And I look around and there's like, I don't know, more than a dozen other girls dressed like that. So then... Um we even have footage. Amy Berg is the director of this, and yeah. she kicked ass. So She's leave amazing. it to Amy Berg to get the footage of exactly what he's describing from 1999. Mm-hmm. She just got it. She's amazing. So all of these women dressed in the FLDS clothing, which if you guys don't know, it's like pastel colors, big dresses, heavy cotton to the floor, yeah. long sleeves, high necks with their hairs. Like, can, we talk, can we talk about the hair? Can sure. we go in on that for a second? Yeah. Please. Hair's super long in a braid. <laughs> and I don't even know. And it's super uh, pompadour, I guess yeah, is the it's only like, way it's you can so, describe it. it. I, I couldn't. Listen, I have a daughter with beautiful hair. There's no way I could ever make that. I don't know how you do that. Do you do it by yourself? You have oh, one right. of your 800 sisters would probably help you. <laughs> So he's driving around and he's like, what is going on? Like, all, And then they have like their big socks on and the sneakers. And he's like, we're in the middle of the desert. It's one in the afternoon. It's 110 degrees out. I need a Gatorade. And you guys are dressed <laughs> like it's a snowstorm. What's right. going on? And I was out in my car about to leave and they were walked away. And they're being escorted by this old guy with long sleeve shirt, button collar. And whoa, what's going on? And So he goes and like asks... The, he like asked the, the guy. No, well, what happens is he gets followed. Right, so yeah. all of a sudden he's like, whoa, all these weirdos. And now there's like a truck tailing me. And he's like, the truck tailed me to the highway. And then I, you know, paid more attention to this town and it, these huge buildings. It's like a mile off the road. So I drove down there and man, these are big fucking houses. And pretty soon there's a car behind me. It's just, he's wherever I go, he's right on my tail and really aggressive. So I, <laughs> I got the hell out of there and he stayed with me all the way to the highway. Yeah, because they're like, mm, he's not a fundamentalist. Yeah. Can, he, he sticks out like a sore thumb in his right. in his like tevas and but, shorts. But he, which by the way is my mom's uniform. Oh. He <laughs> did not like. He did not know what he would, had stumbled of into. Of course not. Yeah. Why would you? It's right. ridiculous. So he gets on the highway, and all of a sudden he sees these like highway patrol. Not even highway patrol. They're like park service right things that straight guys know about right yeah and so he's like flags them down and he's like you guys i just got tailed in this weird town where everyone's dressed like it's 18 you know 22 help and And what do they say oh it's just the plagues (laughs) the plagues (laughs) i saw a national park service truck and a ranger and i I was like you know this is the closest thing to a cop i could found so I i was kind of all freaked out and man i was just chased and there's this weird really aggro and Colorado City and he's like oh yeah yeah don't, no it's just Colorado City that's the plagues you know that's biggest community of plagues in the United States and then of course genius Amy Berg is like cue the Warren Jeffs family album <laughs> of just the creepiest shit you yeah. have ever heard yeah, you guys it true. is so creepy This is where the documentary really starts. Because right. this is where John Krakauer, the famous writer, right. who also just has to have money to burn that he can just like focus on this for a decade, yeah. um, is decides he's going to like, 
this is all fucked up to him. He's like, what the hell is going on? And he's going to investigate. Yeah. And so they're investigating Warren Jeffs, the so-called self-proclaimed prophet of the FLDS community. Right. For, I mean, they know sex crimes are happening because just by nature of FLDS, the, all the girls are underage and there are a zillion wives. And, yeah. But that's very hard to prove when you have brainwashed children and they're right. born into this life. So they really, throughout the documentary, we learn that in this investigation, they try to get him like they were getting the mafia racketeering and money laundering right. because like like all these cults that we cover like it's all the same thing it's like right. all these like these you know charismatic leaders getting people to give them all their money uh, i don't know how charismatic <laughs> creepy true. warren oh jeff's my words just and then god said to me keep, keep sweet <laughs> you can tell right now if you're passing the test if you're keeping sweet no matter what you're a person Ready to give up your own will and just obey the priesthood over you. Keep sweets? Go fuck yourself. I'll show you keep sweet. Lanky son of a bitch. So there, all of these FLDS people are living on the outskirts of Salt Lake City because that's like the Mormon Disneyland. Yeah, so Warren Jeffs moves. He makes a lot of compounds in a lot of different places. Yeah. So they are spread out. Like there's one when they move from Salt Lake City because of the big bad Olympics in 2002. Uh-huh. They move to this place, Short Creek, which is in the middle of nowhere. And even, I don't know if it's Sam Brower, P.I. or John, who's like, the guy has really good taste in real estate. <laughs> it's true. The reason that they can afford to buy the property and just like literally build a town there overnight is because he's like, all of these really smart engineers are these FLDS people, and right. he convinces them to give the church vis-a-vis him all of the money. The businesses here are set up to distance themselves, but the church owns them. In fact, that's a covenant to turn your business over to the church and, and all the assets, everything you make um, belongs to the church. Right, he's basically money laundering. Yeah, right. So exactly. there's like a lot of paperwork being being juiced and all yeah. this stuff. But one of these compounds, a short creek, is in one side of the street is Utah. Oh my god, this was blew my mind. And one side of the street is Arizona. Uzona Street or whatever. Uzo- yeah, <laughs> so that they can be in one jurisdiction in one place and yep. one, and then they can like cross the street and be like, I didn't have sex with anybody, and it's like you did. <laughs> There's a street going through the middle of town. It's called Uzona. And on one side of the street, you're in Arizona. The other side of the street, you're in Utah. They did that on purpose because if something happens on one side of the border, they can just cross the street and they're in a different jurisdiction. Are the, right. are the laws from Utah and Arizona that different? No, but I feel like I've seen enough like police procedurals to know the paperwork would be a nightmare. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, and jurisdiction and then dealing with all this stuff. But yeah. it's like, can't we all band together and take these people down, please? I know. Tell, tell me about life in these, in these places. Because <sighs> this is really – and John Krakauer, the very, very handsome John Krakauer, makes the point at one point that, like, he Warren Jeffs was making life as miserable for these people as possible and the opposite of what you would think would happen happens they don't like flee and they're like I want to go watch my TV it bonds them closer to him yeah he's it's a very manipulative power play that he has so there's like no media no TV um, no dancing no swimming no swimming no any really anything that brings anybody joy in any way whatsoever is just gone you know, paradoxically, it made the faithful more loyal than ever to Warren. The more afraid they became, the more threatened they felt, the more they bonded to Warren. They believe in the prophet and they believe in blind obedience. So they were willing to do whatever Warren told them. 
the more they feared him, the more they depended on him, the more he controlled them. And oh, if you're a woman, you can get Prozac. Spread throughout this whole thing is like the ghostly voiceovers of Warren Jeffs from the tapes. And there's this one where he was talking about how for women, happiness equals serving your husband. I'm going to get the quote wrong, but I'll play it. Dear wives, realizing happiness is only being a part and a strength to your husband, get close to him, confide in him, turn to him with a full heart, and give him the opportunity lead you right oh yeah it's um obedience like just complete turn to your husband confide in him and how like that's what that is what the only source of happiness for you will be and john krakauer talks about how when prozac comes out all of these women were were prescribed prozac because they were also depressed right you know when prozac became popular warren prescribed prozac to probably most of the women in the religion i'm not exaggerating it was they're all depressed you better believe it and it was a way to sort of, you know, quell their anxiety, he believed, and, you know, make them more docile. You have to keep sweet in FLDS. Oh it's so fucking disgusting. Um, talk about Alta Academy. So Alta Academy, oh boy. Alta Academy <laughs> was what Warren's father set up for all of his hundred kids, because remember he had 50 wives. I don't know mm-hmm. if, I, if I drove that point home <laughs> enough before. But so of his 50 wives, he had like a zillion kids. And so the Alta Academy was just for them. Originally, Ruin Jeffs started the Alta Academy for his own huge family. He had scores and scores of children. And, and uh, pretty soon the word started getting out and it became a school for all the FLDS faithful from both Salt Lake and Shore Creek. So then everyone else got wind of it, and we're like, what the hell? We're FLDS, too. Like, why can't we come play? So he's like, fine. What the FLDS? What the FLDS, y'all? Yeah. Hashtag. So they, he was like, fine. Yeah. So then everyone is in there, and then once Warren graduates, when he's 17 years old, Warren now is a principal yeah. at creepy, 17 creepy principal. Yeah. years old. Yeah. Hey, Warren, where do you want your office? I want it in a deep, dark layer underground <laughs> with a view of the playground. Which is just so, like, I feel like everything in the FLDS is creepy. So they're like, oh, that makes sense. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. He also. They don't have a single room above ground. Like, no, everything's no. in a basement. Everything is just in, a, like, a sandy, dirty basement. <laughs> um, so he also has this, he thinks, he, there are all these recordings of him, how, like, education is not important. <laughs> Only just being obedient and keeping sweet. And you're like, I hate you. School is not your top priority it is your preparation to be filled with the Holy Ghost that is the most important labor you have individually and in your families they decide that like the mandate is that you only need an eighth grade education right and but what's the education the history of the priesthood oh right which is basically like the FLDS family tree uh-huh. and the, just the history of FLDS. So we meet this woman, Janetta Jessup, who was Warren Jeff's 63rd wife. <laughs> she's also like third. She's also 20. If she's a day. I know. Yeah. 63rd, six, yeah. <laughs> 63rd wife. And she explains how like they didn't learn about the founding fathers. Abraham they didn't Lee, right. learn math. It wasn't, they didn't teach us regular U S history. They taught us priesthood history, which is the history of the church, you know, not Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and all these things, you know. It was about the history of the church and Joseph Smith and all these things. 
so you know, just back to his like dank, dirty, disgusting oh, sure. office. Yeah, in the what basement. was another rule that he? Uh... Well, he was very big on the dress code. Oh, was he? I'm sure, he, he was. invented the dress code. Of course. And he so, did. what he would do is look out his like creepy dank little window and like find the kids on the playground that were misbehaving or whatever and call them into his office under the auspice of like addressing the dress code and then molest them right and we hear about this from sweet baby Brent I love I love Brent Brent is Warren Jeff's nephew I remember seeing kids constantly being pulled into his office and the door closed and seeing him come out with this look on their face I know what the look is you know the look of For me, it felt like your soul being ripped out of your heart, out of your body, that you have nothing left. Behind closed doors, he is a predator. He's abusing these kids, and nobody knows about it, and he's putting such a fear of God in these kids that none of them will ever say anything. And we find out that he understands this because he is also being molested by Warren, his uncle. Right, and we we are starting to learn that everyone we meet is involved in this investigation. All the people outside of the church are involved in this investigation. Right, like Brent and right. um, Janetta and yeah. all these people. Because these are all people who have either left the church of their own volition or have been kicked out. Exiled. Exactly. They call them lost boys. Oh, my God. That's what they do. So the, the elders of on the compound will, if you're like a handsome or a little too smart or a little too yeah. mouthy, yeah. they will drive out into the middle of nowhere and leave you on the side of the road with nothing but your own devices. And you don't know what the real world is like because yeah. you grew up on a yeah. fucking compound where one side of the street was Utah and the other was Arizona <laughs> and you don't know what to do. We also find out that Warren is very threatened by the other men in the yeah. in the well, I'm going to say cult in the FLDS. Sure. So he Warren one Saturday morning calls a meeting of all the men and basically kicks out all of these different men that he thought had challenged him on something. And he got up and read what he called a revelation from God that certain men who were leaders among the people no longer held priesthood, were not worthy of their families. And he started casting out anybody that he felt was a threat to his power or his authority. And when these people are kicked out, they are their families immediately turn on them. Immediately. It's, and like, it's scary. Yeah. So like your, your children and your wives no longer will talk to you. In January of 2004, for example, the guy named Ross Chadwin, he is like robbed. He's stripped of his priesthood and told that he has to leave. Mm-hmm. And he has to leave his family. He has to leave his house. And he's like, no, no, I'm not doing it. We are being told to leave, leave our home here. And that we want to make a firm stand that we do not plan on leaving. And his wife stands by him. Yeah. When you tell a family they can no longer love their father, that, that's, you've got to create something cold inside of you to no longer love your husband or your father. And they don't really get into the story in this documentary, but he loses everything. And but they also make the point that like they're never going to be able to get these people to separate from Warren Mark. Jeffs while he has the, the power of their home. You know, we knew that there were certain things that had to happen. Um, one of those was take away Warren's control of people's homes here. And we knew as long as Warren controlled the homes, he would control the people. So it's been driven home over and over and over again that these people have no money. They make a lot of money, but they give all of it to Warren. So they have nothing. Warren owns their homes. He owns their businesses. He owns everything. So from the outside world, of course, like we look at that and you're like, of course you can't leave. Like there's nowhere for you to go. And so part of what they're trying to do is, is 
get the get it so that these people can have at least their own home ownership. Right. And the thing that Warren, the thing about Warren that is even that just adds a whole level of like fuckery and just like you're a piece of shit is that he is like well aware of this. Mm-hmm. He's not just this oblivious like I'm just trying to do well. Like I just really want it for the better good. No, no, no. Yeah. Because we meet Ron Roebuck, who was the former. I love former because I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like that story's got to be good. Yeah, stories. Yeah. The former head of security for right. FLDS, and he's like, oh no, no, everything was wired. He watched everybody. Um, I put in the security system. I knew when doors were opening and shutting. I had pressure sensitive mats in it. I had cameras. I had phone equipment that recorded all incoming and outgoing phone calls. And they, you see it. There's cameras all over the buildings. Every building in all of these little towns is wired up. Except that little hallway down to his creepy exactly. lair. Where he, like, in the middle of services, would, yeah. like, grab a kid and be a monster. Yeah. Like, while he'd be like, everyone silently pray. Yeah. BRB. Be a fucking monster. <laughs> and then come back and start preaching again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, there comes a turning point. Like, a third of the way into the movie, where t- tell us everything. All right, so by July 2004, a polygamy task force was created. <laughs> Ooh. So this is when they're really like, all right, we'll just see what we did with the mob. In July 2004, on the steps of the Capitol, Mark Shirtliff uh, announced, I want Warren Jeff to know I'm coming after you. And he created this polygamy task force. He started using these methods that had been used against the mafia put them in prison, you know, uh, racketeering laws, the RICO laws. It was, we're going to get you for interstate trafficking, uh, for fraud. Those were the things that could bring down the church. So what happens is that Elisa Wall, when she was 14, Warren placed her, and placed means basically being forced into marriage. She was placed with her 19-year-old cousin. She was terrified. She was scared to death. That was when she was 14. So now in 2004, she's like, she got out of it. And she's like, hey, hi, hi, hi. Everyone needs to pay attention to what this fucker is doing. Yeah. When I was young, my mother taught me that evil flourishes when good men do nothing. This has not been easy for us. The easy thing would have been to do nothing. So because of her, she came out and she was the first person to say, this is terrible. This needs to stop. Help. And the FBI is like, oh, hell yeah. So they put him on the most wanted list next to Osama bin Laden. You guys, this, this was unbelievable. I know. When you see the picture of him on the 10 most wanted list next to Osama bin Laden. He's number two. I know. Osama's number one. He's number two. I know. Um, it took some luck and it took a lot of agents sticking their neck out. But they got him on the FBI's 10 most wanted list with Osama bin Laden. I mean, he was in the big time. And that changed everything. Can they get him? No. Can't find him. He's on the run. So Warren is on the lam. He's just gone. And who does he install? His stupid brother, Lyle (laughs) Jeffs. I hate all of them I know, so hard. I know, so I Lyle know. was like, even then we meet like other family members and they're like, oh no, from the very beginning, Lyle yeah. was just like, anything you want, Warren, I'll cover for you, Warren. But wait, we also meet Lyle's son, Thomas. I love Thomas. <laughs> Can we talk about Thomas for a minute? Thomas's favorite show is 24, <laughs> starring Kiefer Sutherland. And his biggest fear in life? Was, getting busted watching it. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> you know, I was in my truck watching 24. Season six, I remember. <laughs> I was right in the middle of it, and father called me up and says, you know, what are you doing? And I'm just like, ah, uh, nothing really, just kind of just, you know, cleaning up the shop, just <laughs> trying to evade 
you know, being caught. And he says, well, come over to my office and talk to me. I thought, oh, man, I'm caught. I'm in big trouble. What? I mean, it's so horrible. I know. It's so terrible. But it's like, I don't know how he's watching it. I know. But good job, Thomas. Live your life. It's like, okay. So, you know, I left there. You know what? I'm not going to get another chance to watch a movie. Somebody will finish this. <laughs> so I went and finished that season. <laughs> so Warren is on the on the run, but what he's doing is everything he preached against. Oh my God, this is actually hilarious. So the thing is, another big thing on the compound is like, so all those clothes we were talking about where John was like, what the hell are you guys wearing? <laughs> that is what they, is like priestly clothes or holy clothes. And what we are wearing right now yeah. is like worldly clothes. <laughs> right. And worldly clothes are horrible. <laughs> and you also can't wear red because red is what Jesus is going to be wearing when he comes back. And don't you dare be dressed like Jesus. No. <laughs> So Warren If you and Jeff, Jesus show up to the apocalypse wearing the same dress, I'm going to be so pissed. Come on! Because they believe that when Jesus comes down, when he comes back, he'll be dressed in a red robe. So it's disrespectful if you were to wear red. So I would wear red, and I'm like, sometimes I do it on purpose because I thought someone would come out of the sky and hit and kill me. Literally. No kidding. So when they catch Warren Jeffs, He's in a red SUV. Oh, my God. Eating a salad. That's, like, my favorite part. And, like... With his, like, vein throbbing. I know. The, the cop was like, uh... So he wasn't looking at me, but I saw the vein pulsating. And then I was like, maybe I should look into this guy. Like, what's so suspicious? And then he looked in the back seat, and Warren was in the back seat, and he was eating a salad, and he wouldn't even look at the trooper. He just kept eating the salad. But the trooper said in his testimony that when he looked at Warren, he could see the jugular vein on his neck throbbing going back and forth and he said that was a sure sign that was some, something was wrong so he had them all get out of the car on the, he's been on the run for a couple of years and when they find him they discover like where he's been and what he's doing yes. he was like, at Disney World he was wearing red he was wearing those they satanic him in a red car I know yeah he was wearing these satanic worldly clothes you guys you know not being worldly which meant not dressing like the people in the outside world and the color red is forbidden and you know all these things and how perfect that he got caught Basically, you could say with his pants down and in such a, uh, such a stupid little traffic stop. I mean, it was just perfect how everything went down. It's just so, like, what a piece of also, shit. Also, like, the car had, like, a trunk full of cash and computers. It's the, it was the guiltiest, like, next to OJ, it's the guiltiest car I've ever, I've really ever heard of. Where it's, like, not even making eye contact with the cops. Just And it was him and one of his wives and his brother. I know, stupid I know. Stupid brother. It's so stupid. Next thing to talk about is El Dorado, Texas, also known as YFZ Ranch. And Zion. Woo! <laughs> yeah, world, it's going to be the world headquarters of the L- FLDS Church of right Warren here. Jeff's theological Empire. Right yeah. here in Schleicher County. Right. Woo! You guys, so what are, we've got some sleuths down in El Dorado. <laughs> okay. I need to talk about my boyfriend, Randy Mankin. Yes. He's the one who, ru- who runs the El Dorado success. <laughs> He is, he has blessed this mess somewhere because what is with these journalists with just boxes? He's a one man newspaper and there are just boxes everywhere. Yep. Bless you, Randy. I know. Bless you, Randy. You know, 10 years ago, we had never heard of Warren Biff for the FLDS or 
uh, didn't even think polygamy still existed in America. Uh, so when we first learned about this, and we uh, we were we were afraid we were going to blow this story out of proportion that we were over-reporting it. In. So when they when John and Sam, because now they're like right, they an go to Texas to duo. like yeah, exactly. Love they them. go down there to talk to Randy to find out like what happened in El Paso. Right, and he was like, at first, I didn't even think polygamy still existed. Like right. I didn't even know what this was, <laughs> what was going on. Right. So then he's explaining to them. He goes, I think they had like sixteen acres, and then you hear his wife his off wife camera, uh, sixteen ninety one, <laughs> and he's like, thanks, Kathy, and I'm like, Kathy, girl, am I right, man? I won't. Uh, you must have even freaked you out when they came here and you, you found out that they'd bought 1,200 acres or something like More that. More like 1,600. No, 1,691. 1,691 oh, 1,691 acres. Wow, I mean, that's a big ranch. So Randy, though, what he does, it's, it just gets better. Randy <laughs> takes John up into a helicopter. <laughs> And I'm like, and John, being a fucking writer, John's like, we took off in the in the fog of the morning. <laughs> Crack hour, settle down. Randy arranged for me to fly with JD in his plane, and we got up at dawn and took off through the fog, and you know, just do our first pass. I know, and of course, he has this amazing camera. Yeah. So they're flying. This is crazy. This is, is so insane. Yeah. So they're flying above the ranch, aka Zion. Yeah. And they're like, oh, shit. And they realize that it's Zion because they're like, oh, my God. It looks like they're building a bunker place. So what happens is they see, like, like a whole bunch of people huddled. They're, like, kind of all scattered, but then they all, like, huddle together. Because, yeah. And, and John's like, what's going on? I'm just going to point my camera over there and take some photos. You know, it, we're moving fast. And I had to tell Photo Lens I saw people and cars on the, right beside the temple. So I just started clicking. And, you know, I didn't really know what I was seeing and did another pass and clicking, clicking, clicking. And uh, by the third pass, they were all gone. And there were a couple of SUVs were zooming away. And So what we realize happened... When they land and they're looking at the photos. Right. Is that everyone in the compound, like, got wind of the helicopter. Yeah. And then huddled around what they realized was fucking Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs has been on the run. He's on the FBI most wanted list. That's to Osama bin Laden. Right. And there's even that picture where it's like, Randy, I love you, where it's the picture where it's like Warren Jeffs with the arrow, (laughs) question mark. Once we saw the enlarged version of this photo, we were fairly certain that it was indeed Warren Jeffs who was here. Something fairly important was going on. As, As it turned out, we learned that that was the temple dedication. It's just that thing where it was just like, you know, all these like law enforcement agencies were looking for him. And he was right there. He's right there. Yeah. So the major thing that happens in El Dorado, and I remember seeing this on the news. I remember when this happened was uh, April 3rd, 2008. Child Protective Services had received a bunch of calls from from like local residents saying mm-hmm. that there were like little kids on this compound that were being abused. Mm-hmm. And they believed these complaints to be true. I didn't like that where it was like well they thought this one was real right excuse yeah, yeah, me yeah, child yeah. protective can you, services can you just investigate all of them can you just investigate just all quickly? of them for, yeah. for fuck's sake basically they go in there and I mean and it's like and I remember I feel like this was on the cover of People magazine or something it was everywhere yeah because everywhere. like they go in there and they these 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 poor like social workers basically mm-hmm. start to see all these little girls like little, like young pre-teenage girls that are pregnant pregnant CPS got in the ranks. They saw all these little girls that were either pregnant or had already had a child or both that were clearly underage. What do you do? Well, they started taking the kids off the ranch thinking there were just a few and they were going to sort it it out. 
football. They thought they were going to be like a couple kids. Right. There were hundreds. So they don't know what to do. So they go to the judge. So somehow, they take all of them. Right. And I remember the images of the buses. Like, I mean, they were like buses oh, and buses chills. and buses. They had to, yeah. Bussing all of these kids off this compound just to get them the fuck out of there. Yeah. And when they started coming off the ranch, they just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. 100, 200, 300. I mean, I think the the plan was they they didn't know what to expect. Yeah. They saw a nightmare, and their first decision was, well, let's just take all of them, and we'll figure it out later. Let's but just now, save them. They also know that it's like now this is clearly a cult, you right. know, and they're and everyone is saying like we can't have another Waco, we can't have another Waco. So anytime you get a group in your community that that has a communal living, you can't help but think, hey, you know, we have a potential problem here like Waco. This is not that far from Waco, so hanging over this, this whole thing is that we got all these kids, we cannot have another Waco. They don't know if these people are armed, they don't know if Warren Jeffs has, has instructed them, like if it comes down to it, you just kill yourselves and you take everybody out with you. Right. Terrifying. It's, it's horrible. And then even worse than that, a judge orders all of the kids back to the conference. All of them. And guess what? The Supreme Court upheld it. It's unreal. The kids were all sent back. We know now that a lot of the children were returned to people who were not their parents. It was just a fiasco. But at the same time, though, everyone is starting to realize, like, the currency of this vicious cycle that is money and children and babies and wives. Right. And it's just they're all currency and there's no end to it. Right. If you can bring in more money, you can get a wife. If you can get a wife, you can have children. If you can have children... You can start placing these children, you know, if they're girls, in prominent homes and uh, maybe with church leaders, and you can start getting more wives. And your sons can, can go to work and you can have lots of labor and build up your business and make more money and contribute more and get more wives and have more children. And that's the cycle of things within the FLDS. The, the currency is, without question, women and children. That's what makes this society, this this syndicate run. And another good thing that came from the raid is that 12 men were arrested. Yes. 11 of them were convicted. Yeah. And they were, they got documents. Like and, a treasure trove, they call and it. And pictures and records and private priesthood things, which is all like 14-year-old girls being placed and the yeah. joy books and all yeah. this crazy stuff. And they were like, okay, well, now, now we can make the case Finally. Yes. Then we see Warren Jeffs on trial. It's September, September 25th, 2007. And he just looks a wreck. Mm-hmm. He's in the, like, he's in the, he's never looked great. Like, can we say that? <laughs> he's like a negative 11 at best. That's true. <laughs> on a scale of one to 10. So at this trial in September t- 2007, right. we find out there's a tape. I don't know where to start with the tape. Why does it exist, first of all? So it's a tape of Warren Jeffs having sex with a 12-year-old girl, right? It's not an audio. It's not a videotape. It's an audio no, tape. No, it's an audio tape. It is. No, I will just say this, that they, they do play that tape in the in the documentary, and it is, I heard it, and I kind of, like, couldn't take my headphones off fast enough. It was, it is the most, it is so unbelievably spine-chillingly, gut-turningly vile. Mm-hmm. 
vile it's thing vile. I've ever listened to. I don't agree with it being in this documentary. I think it's, I, I I don't know. I know you disagree with that. And I get what you're saying that like it, Amy Berg wanted to make us all as mad as possible. Well, the thing is, the thing about this tape in the 2001, I was, 2007 trial, I was screaming watching this because I was sobbing. Screaming. I mean, I have I mean, a daughter, so that's all I can think about. I, I think it's the most vile thing ever. Julian's like, I'm an actual woman, so. Yeah, and like, <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. But the thing is, like, it wasn't admitted to evidence in that trial because the court says it was too inflammatory. Well, I don't know like, what that means. I know. <laughs> He's raping someone. Like, what I know. the fuck? I don't care that it's inflammatory. But, like, that's it's like I don't understand what I don't understand is how how he did this inflammatory thing and that's what he's on trial for and here's the evidence of it but we can't we can't produce I, that You're right it doesn't it doesn't it, make any it sense it makes any sense it makes me furious and that is why Amy Berg kept it in but, so anyway he so he gets convicted and then the conviction is overturned it doesn't make any sense nobody knows why that happens so then he is then he is uh, brought to to court in Texas in uh, July 27th 2010 and I will say that we get to meet um one of the jurors who I'm obsessed with Mary Harris. <laughs> You can just tell that she's like a proper Southern lady who's not putting up with your bullshit. She was sitting like with her legs crossed, but yeah. she was like, it was, there was not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Like, you know, she voted for Trump. You know, she prays for me and my husband before I, she goes to bed every single Aww. night. I still loved her. I, I still was going to say, like, I loved her until about four seconds ago. But wait, she, because when, when they do closing arguments, he like Warren just fires his lawyers and the judge won't let them leave. They're like, no, you need to stay in whatever. When he does his closing arguments, he does it. He represents himself. He gets up and he goes to the jury box and just stares each and every one of them down. He went down the row of, of all the jurors. He went from one person to the next one to the next one and paused for just a moment or two at each one and kind of tried to stare us down, I guess. So this juror goes, I think he was trying to intimidate us. It just wasn't going to fly. Yeah, no. <laughs> It, it just doesn't, it doesn't fly. No, she's like, we came back very quickly. Oh, yeah, they, like, walked out. They, like, counted to four, came back in, and they were like, this asshole's going to jail. Yeah. And the jury returned a very quick verdict of guilty and a very quick a sentence of life plus 20 years. So he goes to jail, right? He gets, like, life plus 30 years or whatever, goes to jail, but then he has the one moment of clarity where he's in jail, and he's, like, on his little phone talking to his follow- one of his followers, and he's like, I'm not real. It was all a lie. I'm not the prophet. I was mm-hmm. never the prophet. He went through a period when he was on trial where he started telling the closest people to him, his brothers, his wives... Uh, his bishops, uh, his lawyers, that I'm a fraud. You can tell anybody who wants to read this message, even apostates and Gentiles, that I have been a liar. And his fucking followers are like, no, girl, you totally are. That was the devil talking. Yeah. Don't do it. And then he's like, oh, right, my bad. So then he's like, no, just kidding. I was testing you. Yeah. You failed. Or Even you though passed. when he was like, when he was saying that he wasn't, he's like, this is not a test. This is not a test. Yeah. He literally says yeah. this is not a test. Yeah. And then he's like, just, just kidding. kidding. It, it totally was. Yeah. Get my sense of humor. I'm hilarious. Yeah. You have to be willing to pass the tests that come upon you. And the test will always be. Will you love Heavenly Father and His prophets more than your own selfishness? And then he goes back to being the prophet, which really consists of him watching Fox News and CNN, right. finding out what nat- natural disasters happened, and then taking credit for 
for them and then blaming his followers for like not loving him enough and it all became everybody else's fault and then to even more power play is like well I'm in prison atoning for your sins exactly so I'm an and even so better prophet than you thought handsome handsome John Krakauer makes the point that like <laughs> Warren Jeffs has everything he wants now because being in jail means he gets to be the martyr totally. and he gets to atone for their sins and he's like he says he's never been more powerful than he is right now actually Warren has everything he wants you know he's been martyred He's more popular than ever among the faithful because the evil, he's just proven all his points. The evil state, you know, is afraid of me and they're trying to bring me down. Um, He, in some ways, he has more control than he's ever had. Um, Can we end with the pecan fiasco? I think we have to. If you want to talk about a fiasco, this was a fiasco. All right. So. (laughs) So at some point after Warren is in jail, all of the residents of one of the compounds get a voicemail that says. All children (laughs) (laughs) will stay home from school today. And be forced to do slave labor like they do. This is not a new thing. Good afternoon. This is a message from the bishop's office. This is a call for all schools to take the rest of the week off of school to help with the nut harvest. And family and school groups well supervised to meet at the Foothill School at 8 o'clock in the morning. There's, it's like pecan harvesting season in whatever corner of the world that this is in. And, like, they don't have enough labor to, like, get all the pecans off the trees. So they cancel school. Uh-huh. And all the moms and the cho- the moms, like, in their full period dresses and their Oh, yeah, still in their pastels and the pompadours <laughs> and the braids and the white sneakers. Which I'm like, those braids are out of control. They're I don't know how control. they do that. It's I don't either. Whatever. So the, the kids have to pick all the pecans for this week, right? So the press gets wind of it, and the press shows up, like the news shows up. We received a tip that Warren Jeffs, the imprisoned leader of the polygamous FLDS sect, had ordered all schools closed for a week so children could go to work picking pecans off trees at a private ranch. And it's like this... The face you're making. And, but Sam and John were like, can you guys not talk about it? We just want to get them on this real quick. And the journalists are like, sure, no problem. We got your back. And then it's like, breaking news. When we pulled up out here and we saw all these children, I mean, obviously they didn't want to be seen. And we heard somebody yelling, run, run. And they took off. Families see the cameras and they scatter. Run, 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 run. And they are running. It is the most amazing. They're like in their full length dresses running away from these. Like they're just like they can't be caught picking pecans. Right. The harvest or whatever. And it's like. And they get fined two million dollars for like the child labor. It's just. Have they paid it? Oh, I'm sure not. No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They officially have not. Hey, who is this episode sponsored by? Is it Hobby Lobby? Nope. Oh, it isn't? No. Why not? Because we fucking hate them. <laughs> because they're the reason why Lyle Jeffs and Lyle Jeffs cannot be, cannot take the stand. That's right. Thank you, Hobby Lobby. Here's why. Because, because thanks to Hobby Lobby, you don't have to be questioned and you don't have to testify about your religious beliefs. It literally says in the end that ho- the Hobby Lobby Act exempts people from testifying on religious issues. Warren Jeffs has more control than ever. Thanks to his stupid brother, Lyle. And Lyle is like running the ship or all the compounds and everything is just business as usual. And they're taking children across state lines and running off to Mexico and having all these compounds and committing all these crimes. And there's absolutely nothing we can do about it until things change. But you guys go get your crafting on. No. 
my God, we got through it. Uh, I'm exhausted <laughs> and angry. I and know, I'm just I'm feeling so tired. a lot of things, but also like inspired by some of the people we met. It's just, true. There's a lot. Um, what are your handles? What's your Twitter handle? I am at Jillian with a G, all spelled out like that, on the Twitter and the things on Instagram, too. I am at Patrick Hines on the Twitter. I'm at Patrick Hines underscore on um, the Instagram, and I'm trying to like do more of the Instagram. I've so noticed. Me. I know. I've been really working on it. So follow me there. You can see pictures of my cute kid. I know. I was just going to say, it's just all pictures of Daisy <laughs> in her dance outfit. Uh, where can the people find us? At True Crime Obsessed. No ED. On Twitter. And then True Crime Obsessed.com. For the website. Yeah. Um, you guys, we are super close to 300 Apple, Apple Podcast Podcasts. reviews. They'll change it in a month. Anyway. I know. Can you get us to 300? I'm so excited. <gasps> oh I want to say 300. I can't believe it. I know. Me too. It's amazing. You guys, you guys are, are amazing. amazing. I love you so much. It's awesome. Um, what are we doing next time? <gasps> Tall, hot, blonde. It's, it's true. a little insane. It's yep. like the dark catfish where someone actually gets murdered. It's horrible. <laughs> um, so you guys, here is the preview for that. And then stay tuned for like a million outtakes. Oh, my God. Can you say what you want on the internet? So I told her I was 18. The internet became his world. It allowed him to be something that he wasn't. And uh, so all of a sudden, he was an 18-year-old Marine. She said they both had vi uh, video cams, and they sent each other pictures of their, you know, stripped down for each other. And she did it over and over again. There, there is a cruelty, a vileness to her conduct that is just indescribable. I just told her if I would come down there and hurt, physically hurt her, or I would take something away from you that you love, meaning her mom, I would come down and hurt her mom. How do you do that to a stranger? And how can you do that to your child? Hello. My name is Elder Price, and I would like... And he's like, thanks, Kathy. And I'm like, Kathy, girl, am I right, man? At one, point, uh, at one point, he's, like, giving a really serious interview to the camera, and you see Kathy just, like, walk through. Kathy's like, I can do this in a day. It was so reminiscent of the Keepers, where the, the sister was like, I'll call him. So or even, on like, the, phone. the assistant in Catfish, who's just like, can you guys get a job? Can you stop? It's She's fake. It's not her. It's the mother the whole time. God. That's Kathy. And his dad was like, I'm going to run it. I'm going to run this FLDS thing through you. It's the Celestial Kingdom. Exactly. That's what it's really called. And the really? thing is, the poor, like, real normal Mormons. Yeah. Not, uh, Normans. You know, Normans. <laughs> Non-FLDS. People who are just like, can I, I just, all I want to do is be nice to people. Like, why do the FLDS have to come and screw it up? I know, they also I know. believe in the celestial kingdom. So that's why they don't like yeah. being associated. And why would they? No. I mean, it's crazy. I love the woman, like one of the prosecutors who was like, when I love, I just love seeing him in a white jumpsuit because yeah. it's like, oh, shit. when you're like watching him through like the jail. Yeah. Video. Yeah. But I love when she's like, um, can you just confirm for me real quick that this isn't about religion? You just want to have sex with young girls. <laughs> I'm like, girl, yes, I let's know, go drink I some Gemma wine. And he's like, no answer. Fifth Amendment, same reply for everything. They'd be like, is your name Warren Jeffs? No answer. What the fuck are you doing? Like, there's also, I love the footage of Sam Brower, P.I., who needs his own TV show, where he's like, 
pushing the the guy in the FLDS. I think it's like the press conference for uh-huh. um, Elisa Wall where like everything is starting to come down. And uh, I think they, of course, never want anyone to say anything. So some idiot decides that like a good idea would be to go, to go up to Sam Brower and he just shoves the guy. <laughs> and it is awesome. <laughs> I love Sam Brower so hard. We open with Hello. this. My name is Elder Hi. Hines. <laughs> Have the fun in hell. <laughs> the Book of Mormon. <laughs>